Welcome to the Nurture Hub Pregnancy and Birth Podcast with your hosts, Shari Lyon and Nicola Lay. Together, we bring over 30 years of experience in working with women and partners through education, breathing, mindfulness, and evidence-based information, and nurturing you through this transformation into motherhood. Join us on this journey as we connect with women and partners, mentoring, supporting, and navigating the ups and downs of becoming parents. Well, welcome back. Today is actually a very special podcast, special to my heart particularly. Um, I'm on a solo podcast today because Shari's in depths of mum life today. And I really didn't want to miss this for you as listeners because today is a day where we get to talk about a real experience with the most beautiful human to become one of my closest friends in life oh my gosh i might cry already (laughs) and she um she's walked such a journey with me now with two births with breath home birthing both births and i want this episode to be totally inspiring to be you know really call you in to hearing a different way of birthing and She's an inspiration to me as well and just doing amazing things in the world, not just as a mum, but as a human. So welcome Amanda today to this beautiful podcast together where we unpack and unfold, wow, the last four years of, well, even longer of knowing each other and the two beautiful births of your boys. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm just, yeah, beyond grateful to be able to be able to share this story as well. And I was so excited last night. I could hardly sleep. I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for this. (laughs) Oh, so it would have been about probably about four, maybe even four and a, no, maybe about four years ago that we first met. But we'd been following each other on Instagram as you do before. And we were sitting in a circle and I looked at Amanda and I was like, oh, it's Amanda, she's here. <laughs> and um, you, were, you were pregnant then, weren't you? And um, yes. you'd come up for a holiday onto the Gold Coast. And so we just couldn't stop talking about, you know, life and birthing and all the most amazing things. And then you wanted me to start working with you to help you and Reese get ready for this beautiful birth that you were visioning. And one of the most favorite memories is me is driving up to, a, it was an apartment that you were staying in, wasn't it? Yes. And just sitting with Reese and realizing, wow, like this guy's fully on board. Like it was just so magical to watch him being so invested in this journey with you. And it was, it was mind blowing. So let's, let's go to the beginning of that. Like, what was that like for you? Like to, to start getting ready for this journey of your first baby? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I remember like when you came up to me and said, oh, I think we follow each other on Instagram. And I already knew in that moment straight away, I was like, oh my gosh, because I had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to connect with you, but in your life gets a bit crazy. So I felt like that was really divine timing. And then when you said that, like straight away in my head, I was like, I'm going to ask her to come (laughs) and do a session with Reese and I. And so, yeah, when I left, I um, talked to Reese and he was excited about it as well. And I remember us just being we weren't really sure what to expect when you were coming over and um 
yeah, I just remember that experience being really, really beautiful. I'm I'm not sure what words to use about it, but I just remember like it was just great just for us to drop into our breath together and go on that journey because I remember you took us through quite a long breath journey at that point. And um, yeah, it was just really good and just the way that you guided us to connect with each other and our future baby and then also opened us up to lots of discussions that we hadn't even thought of having and and ways of connecting that we hadn't thought about. So it was a really beautiful way to, because I think I was quite early in my pregnancy then. So yeah, it was a really beautiful way to start to visualize that, you know, when this baby comes earthside, what that could look like and how that's going to be for us. And And I remember (laughs) us, you know, discussing what your birth looked like and it wasn't the normal it wasn't the normal like hospital birth so it was really exciting for me and we talked about what that looked like so tell us about the scene of what you were envisioning envisioning for your birth yeah well because out in uh because I was living out at that time I think I was out Cobar way so you know there was no one around that area doing home birth so I literally had to rent an Airbnb to have that birth (laughs) so I think at that point like I was just visualizing finding a beautiful space where we could have that birth knowing that it wouldn't be our home but you know creating a space where nature was involved you know having um just like a just a calm environment having a great birth team um just yeah, I think I remember, like, I can really remember my visions for my second birth more than my first one now because mm. it's been a while. But, I, yeah, I remember um, just wanting to be able to trust my body and trust myself and know that, you know, there, there's all this information outside, but having people to guide you to really trust your own intuition when it comes to your birth, I think is like looking back now, I think is massively important to have um, because we're incredible. Our, our bodies are incredible and, and we are capable of so much more than we realize. And um, yeah, I just remember that I... I had a vision for my first birth and and I also feel that I wasn't um, as grounded, I guess, as I would have liked to be before that birth. Um, so, yeah, looking back now, I think that's really important. Like just being able to trust yourself on a whole nother level mm-hmm. because you're literally not just birthing that child into the world. You uh meeting a new version of yourself that you didn't even know existed absolutely yeah it's it's Mm. deep (laughs) it is deep yeah I remember those conversations thinking I as a you know helping and supporting you thinking that the Airbnb was kind of a little bit of a block because we didn't know you know you'd have to rent it for a certain period of time in the middle of the blue mountains (laughs) I felt the like really you know, I felt like you were wanting to do that whole natural go out in the landscape and birth like a warrior. Yeah. You know, that's a hard, 
a hard decision to make, isn't it? So we would do, you were doing the, the next best thing. And I remember talking to you about, right, we're going up to the, the space now. And you were trying to get that space to feel like home. And essentially, I guess that might be where one of the, the feelings of not being grounded was it wasn't really home for you. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of in that wait period, weren't we? Where kind of calling that baby in um, and he had his own design on what that looked like time-wise, didn't it? You had to extend yeah. the Airbnb, if I remember rightly. Yeah, well, we yeah, it was getting close to. So I literally booked it for two weeks, but I did it like Sunday to Sunday because I thought no one's going to book on a Monday, Tuesday. So if worse comes to worse, like we can just extend it. But then there was this massive storm <laughs> and it like literally knocked down these big trees in the backyard and she had organized like all of these people, like she needed us out to come fix all the damage. So like, yeah, the week last week, um, my sister and I were kind of <laughs> being like, okay, are we going to have to start looking for another accommodation? We're going to have to move. And yeah, it was getting a little bit hectic, but um, we were just, you know, we were spending lots of time in nature. I think that was really important for me. Like we were going on hikes and just every day, even though, you know, July, Blue Mountains, it was cold. So we were just rugging up and going. She had her two kids there, so we were going and just going on these long walks in nature. And it was, yeah, it was really beautiful. And actually I was speaking to my sister yesterday and I said, oh, I'm, you know, going to connect with Nicola. And she said, you know what? I just remember you being on the phone to her a couple of points at, during that stay. And she actually caught a sneaky video of oh. one of those. I don't know if I showed it to you just like when I was starting to go in labor and, um, she said that when I was in that space with you, she felt like that was the calmest I was during that birth. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, um, I'll fast forward now to that moment where I was just kind of inviting you to welcome in that birth space for yourself. We did a little breath session together, didn't we? Yeah. And I remember just getting you to drop the nature into the room and feet into the earth and and really grounding you in that moment because you don't it, you don't need to be outside to be grounded. So we were trying to like bring that visualization, that feeling into your body. And then things started to happen, didn't it? And it was yeah. it was really beautiful. I remember you telling me the scene that you'd set and the affirmations everywhere and sister was there and Reese was really like on board wanting, you know, filling up, filling up the birth space, you know, putting up the, the pool and it was pretty exciting, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Mm. So tell yeah. us that unfold from that moment onwards. So um, this is still Artie's birth, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. So yeah, we, um, yeah, the, we we had a beautiful time. I remember Reese had actually left that morning to arrive. So I remember being on the phone to you and grounding and everything before he arrived. And then I remember when he arrived in the afternoon him and I went for a hike down like a like down a steep hill and I remember going down I felt really uncomfortable when we're coming up the hill I was feeling like it was like quite good resistance with me <laughs> with the surges that I was having and then um yeah I remember dropping into the space um and I think you know I you know you don't really know what to expect for your first birth and I think um you also get uh you can get caught up in your mind as well and I um had uh 
yeah, had my birth team arrive and I think I had called them in a way bit too early because, you know, I thought, oh, you know, this is really starting to happen now. <laughs> and yeah, and so a few things that I know from now is like there's probably a few things that I had done in that process that probably caused the labour to drag out a bit long because it was, yeah, it went quite um, a long time, that labour. and um, But, you know, it was beautiful and it was magical and everything that it was meant to be. Um, and I remember it just getting darker and darker and I went from like talking a lot and kind of connecting with everyone to just really dropping down into my own space and going on my own journey. Every now and then with that particular birth, I got pulled out of that space. Um, so, and I, one of the things that I completely forgot that is that you, Nicola, said to me that, you know, if you need me or if any fears come up or anything that you want to work through, you know, that I can ring you. And I completely just like all of those things left my mind, you know, at that moment. Mm. Um, but yeah, I still used the breath a lot through that journey. And uh, it was early morning. Um, it was really funny because Reese's alarm went off because he forgot to turn it off and the song Here Comes the Sun was playing, which we got married to. And then Adi arrived not long after that. So, yeah. And it was a hard delivery, you know, as in the delivery was amazing, but the aftermath was was pretty intense, wasn't it? Would you like to share what you feel comfortable to share with with that? Yeah. So the actual birth was incredible. Like the, um, the, the whole process leading up to it and using my breath and him birthing out. Um, and then as soon as he came up from the water, um, he was quiet, which I wasn't too, which I wasn't too concerned about at first, but then, um, I just felt like something wasn't right. Like initially my instinct was like, something's not right here. Um, and, it didn't take me long to just look at the faces of the midwives that were there because I had um, two midwives and one in training and even the one in training, you could just see on their face like this wasn't, something wasn't right. Um, so, yeah, it turned out that, you know, Artie wasn't breathing properly, that we needed to get to the hospital. Um, and so that calm space that we'd just been in kind of, yeah, got triggered out straight away. I mean, I didn't really even, I mean, I had Artie in my arms, but I didn't have that whole, you know, big bonding moment and having him crawl up to my boob and latching on and all of that connection that I had visualized having, it was kind of like, get him on oxygen, um, get me out of the birth pool. Um, is this placenta coming out before the, um the ambulance arrives so that because there was also the thought that if it doesn't then I'd be separated from Artie you know all of these things and I think at that at that point my body just went into shock really um so uh you know on the way to the hospital there was like conversations that were happening in the room that I think weren't from the most grounded place as well and so like the plans that we had if we needed to go to hospital got changed and then so we ended up at a different hospital than we originally thought. But, um, yeah, even my sister was in the room, but she wasn't sure how much she could advocate for me. So we've had a lot of unpacking, you know, after that after that birth from my, from my husband, my sister, and everyone who was part of that birth. And, um, yeah, so at the hospital we arrived at, um, we didn't get the reception that 
you would want to have at a hospital. I think that sometimes when people have a certain opinion about something, um, rather than focusing on, hey, this baby needs help, it turns into, oh, I'm judging you right now for trying to birth this baby at home and, you know, all of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, at the hospital we weren't welcomed um, in a very um, kind manner whatsoever. Um, he also disregarded my midwife's experiences and didn't listen to their diagnosis. Um so he wanted to put Artie on a, hos- uh, on a helicopter without us and send him off to another hospital, the hospital that we'd planned to go to, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm laughing now, but at the time mm-hmm. I was absolutely distraught. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, even at the hospital, um, our midwives are telling us, look, he has TTN. He needs oxygen. He just needs compressed oxygen, the CPAP. And, you know, in a couple of hours you could go home. So that was the experience we were thinking we'll have. But we got there and then this, um, do- this um, gentleman is saying that all these other diagnoses, like you were sick in your pregnancy and it's caused this. And I was like, no, I was perfectly healthy in my pregnancy. And my, my midwife can think that it's, and he's like, and I wouldn't even finish that sentence. He's like, I don't care what your midwives have to say. Like, this is what I think. And, uh, you know, I don't even want to hear their opinion. Um, So they were trying to take Artie off the oxygen to which my husband like just walked over to the wall where there was an oxygen and put it on him and just said, no, like we're keeping this child on oxygen because I'm trusting what the midwives say. Um, Yeah. So it was a bit like a bit of drama and stuff. And I also remember at that time, my friend had arrived and she was just hugging me on the bed because I couldn't be holding Artie because Reese had him over near the oxygen and it was just like a lot. And then they were telling us that they were going to take Artie without us. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way that our baby is not going to be either with me or my husband. So, um, yeah, so they we were like, if there's not room on the helicopter, find room, kick someone off. I don't care what you have to do. So when we were that grounded in that decision, they did allow that. Um, but I've, you know, talked to other people um, who've had experiences at the hospital and they've been told the same thing and the helicopter is left with their child without one of the parents. So like that was something that I was really proud of us for, like really advocating, like this is how it's going to happen. And then obviously I had to make the journey to the other hospital, um, which took time because it's like peak hour and all of that stuff. So there was a lot going on. So the first couple of hours after Artie's birth were very traumatic um so the next two days or anything I think my whole body just went into shock and yeah so it was um Hmm. it was hard it was very hard and um it it was a shame to come out of such a magical birth space into um that experience but as soon as we got to the other hospital they agreed with the, the original diagnosis and so everything changed from that point. And um, we, we were stuck on a two-day protocol because of what he diagnosed. And so we were not allowed to leave the hospital. So it was two days of like communicating with the hospital, like what our wishes were and how we wanted to move forward. And they were, um, Reese made friends with the lady who ran like the whole birthing section. I don't know how he met her from the start, but somehow <laughs> that happened. And so she was just communicating that for us because sometimes the, you know, the nurses who would come on shift would want to do something a different way. And that's, that's, this is protocol. This is how it's done. We're like, and then she would advocate for us or Reese would advocate for us. And yeah, so 
yeah, the first two days we didn't have our little nourish bubble like we'd planned and um, yeah, it was, it was a lot. So, I mean, there was so much I could go into about it, but it was just, it was really heavy. It was really a lot. And I just remember like crying a lot those, mm. those couple of days and just, I, I think not just well. mourning what had happened, but just, yeah, even just mourning the, the fact that the bonding that I didn't get to have with Artie initially and also the birth that we didn't get to have together, the birth after birth experience, I mean, and um, yeah, but it, yeah, I, I remember even my midwife saying after, will you home birth again <laughs> mm. um, when we were unpacking stuff? And I said, well, the home birth was amazing. It was incredible. And um, I just know next time, like, I'm just going to be more prepared on, you know, different scenarios. So I'm informed because I, at that point, I hadn't, I didn't have all the information I needed to make really informed decisions. So looking back, like I did make some decisions that my intuition was saying, this isn't right for you and your baby and the situation. But when you have someone talking to you quite aggressively, um, there's, yeah, I found like certain things I was stronger on than other things. And so I did make some decisions that didn't feel in alignment, um, you were very vulnerable though. You and Reese yeah. were super vulnerable in that moment and you were wanting the very best for Adi in his beginning of his life. And, you know, you're because of the the way that you're so conscious in life, it it felt very grating to be spoken to like that. And yeah, that vulnerability of just birthing and then ending up in a a situation of being you know, chastised for your decisions. And even for the midwives, they were spoken to so, so badly. Mm. Um, I do remember that. And for everyone that's listening, I just want you to know that this isn't how home births always end up at all. And they're very welcomed actually now, the more that, you know, COVID did do amazing things for home birthing. Um, but I guess Amanda's story, the reason I wanted to share this so much was because advocating and understanding your facts and understanding what's what's right for you as a family and for your baby is so important ahead of time. And so Amanda, if there was any advice that you could give a mum who's trying home birth for the very first time, what would be the outcome that you, or what would you say, what would you advise? Well, firstly, I know we're behind a lot of other countries. Other countries actually encourage home birth. It's because they all of the studies show that it is a more um, calm environment for the mum and the bob, and um, there's less situations that occur because of that. And so I think there's a lot of misconceptions about home birth. And so firstly, you know, going to hypnobirthing course or something like that, where they actually share how to advocate for yourself in, in the hospital system and all of that kind of stuff as well. Um, because yeah, all of that information is there. And so the second time around, I went and did all that and I got all that information. I'm like, oh, imagine if I had this in my toolkit mm -hmm. at that time, could have been completely different. Like from the moment from when Artie birthed, and there was discussions of changing which hospital we're going to, it would have been like, no, this is our plan and this is where we're going and that's what's happening. And if we went in that direction, it could have been totally different. So having all that information I think is really important. Also, I think um, 
you know, if you decide, I mean, my sister um, birthed in a hospital and I was at that birth and that was actually the first birth I ever witnessed. And I saw the power of like how birth could be because I'd, I'd only seen birth in a different way. And when she told me about home birthing and all that kind of stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, that's like a huge deal. And But then when I saw her birth, even though it was in a hospital environment and the way that she birthed and how calm she was when the lady in the next room was swearing at her partner, I'm turning the meditation music up and all of that kind of thing. I realized birth can be so different to what we see on TV and on TV, they always make it seem so traumatic and it's not, it's like this natural thing that we intuitively know how to do and animals intuitively know how to do. So if you decide to have a home birth, I think, yeah, firstly, educate yourself by doing some kind of course that gives you all the information of how to advocate for yourself. And also know that your child's going to choose how they're coming into the world. And so you can create a vision, but don't have the expectations and the, um, uh, like that vision held so strongly that you're putting it in concrete that you're not open to what life gives you as well because when you surrender into what what actually happened and and, and go with it from a more grounded place, it's a whole life-changing experience in itself as well. So I think that's really important. Also a third thing I would say is if you've if you're choosing to have this birth be really, mindful of who you are choosing to speak to about it because some people are just going to go straight into their fear straight into how they've seen birth on tv or through their own experience and they're going to project that onto you and if you allow that into your space while you're pregnant it is going to ignite those fears within you so I was really mindful about who I spoke about things with and how much I shared because I'm like, they really don't need to know this until after. And I can just be like, here's what happened, you know? So, <laughs> so oh, yeah, we, Reese and I were like really conscious of like, yeah, who we're sharing this with. And, um, and so, yeah, my, my plan was always for the first birth to do a home birth and second birth, do a free birth if possible. <laughs> um, and let's, let's roll straight into that because <laughs> that was a different because of the, you know, and we all, we've all got to understand that we all go on a journey within the birth of our babies, but the birth of ourselves, as, as you've already said, but as soon as you knew that you were holding a baby again, we jumped straight into the practice, which is something that I've spoken in an episode that's coming is the practice is the key to, Mm -hmm. you know, having it cemented into your mind, body and spirit when you're birthing that if you've, spent the time practicing the breathing the movements the visualizations the way that you feel the way that your mind is going to 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 show out on the day when you practice that the the sense of dropping into the birth becomes a pleasure a complete pleasure and we've had so many pleasurable moments of breathing together while you were pregnant which were just next level and yeah, let's talk about the journey of you moving into the beautiful birth of of your your beautiful Phoenix, who's now ten months old, isn't he? So yeah, <laughs> ten months outside. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. So I remember um, after I remember last time 
uh, you know, like the, I knew the breath work with you was really powerful. So then when I knew I was pregnant this time, like I remember you being one of the first few people that I called wanting you to be part of my birth team. But I remember we have had a conversation about how, because the, with the first birth, we you know we had a, a live session in the Gold Coast together and then we um, dropped in around closer to the birth, but we didn't drop in heaps together. So there was this discussion about, you know, what's what's a good amount of time to do together. So I think we decided it was every two weeks, every fortnight mm-hmm. that we would drop in and connect together. And so doing that, I feel like was a massive shift as well, because when it came to my birth, um, I was just so confident in that breath, that breath. And I had like, we, it, it was just like synced up. It was just like, it was part of my being. It was just, it's that one of the, one of the breaths that you taught me, it's uh, it, it really is pleasurable. I remember when you shared it with me the first time you said, Oh, look, some people, you know, find this breath quite challenging or they don't really like it. So let's just play with it and see. And I remember we did a session with that breath and I was just like, it was juicy. It's <laughs> just like, <laughs> this is so good. I just absolutely loved it. And now it's one of my favorite breaths to, to work with. It mm. really took me to a really pre- pleasurable space quickly. And I just like fell in love with it. And, you know, we did, we did um, a few other breaths, which I absolutely loved working with as well. But that one in particular, I, I remember reading about how people orgasm during birth. And I'm like, how could that possibly happen? And I remember doing that birth where I'm pregnant. I'm like, oh, I'm getting turned on. Oh, this feels really good. Like, well, it's that's the breath of life for me. Yeah, it is the breath of life. It's the source. Yeah. It, it creates this life in your body. So of course, it takes you yeah. to that pleasure, that place of complete surrender and of loving who you are inside and out. Yes. Mm. So yeah, work, so I feel like that completely shifted things because when it came to the birth, because you and I had connected again and again and again every two weeks through my whole throughout my whole pregnancy, and anytime anything came up, I just felt really comfortable to share. And also, things that I wasn't looking at that I was just trying to trying to push to the side and just be like focus on all the good things you would bring the questions to me of like, well, let's talk about this, Amanda, and let's explore this. And at first that could, it it is like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I don't really want to do that, but I, I could see how important that was for me to really unpack everything and create um, that connection with myself and that deeper trust with myself. And I think that's what made my my second birth absolutely different because I came home to myself through those practices with you um, every two weeks because, yeah, like the after the first birth, I was just, there was, yeah, I was so sad and I also had lost faith in myself. I didn't trust myself because like the moments where I should have trusted myself that I not should have, but that I could have. I ignored it, you know, and and like you said, I was in a very vulnerable situation and there's so much learning that came from that. So having that breath and those conversations and dropping in every two weeks, just coming home to myself and being 
like so confident in the fact that my body knows what to do, that I can trust my intuition, that no person, no matter what degree or what background they've had, they don't know this baby. Like I know this baby because my body has literally grown this baby. And guess what? This baby chose me to be its vessel to come Earthside. And there's a reason for that. And there's a, yeah. So Mm. yeah, I had so much trust in myself and yeah, I didn't realize that that could happen after the first birth, you know, it like completely shifted me into being like, wow, like the reality that I can create the second time around can be completely different. And, um, and each birth, I just want to say is beautiful in its own way. Um, but I just, I, I, this, this experience from the second birth, it literally was a rebirthing of myself as well as the birth. And that's, that's why we chose the name Phoenix as well after two days. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me, you know, I remember us having quite a deep session just before you birthed Phoenix Mm. and there was lots of tears. Actually, we, 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 you were in, you stepped into a little bit of fear just before, if you remember. Yes, I do. And it was, you know, I cried, you cried. We were visioning all these things. The breath brought up its own journey. Um, and it might sound really crazy for those that are listening, but when you drop into this space of deepening into the breath, there is no room for fear. But if fear comes up, it gets cleared. And then with clearing comes this huge release of either tears, joy, laughter. But for us in that moment, it was just really clearing off the fears from the first birth mm. in the arrival of bringing in the birth space for for Phoenix to arrive. So let's walk through those moments of birthing because it was just so special. And actually, you did free birth because not one yeah. person was there. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say just about that um, experience before when we went and packed the fear Um, I just, I just remember that, um, it, the, the, the big key piece that that came out of that was no matter what happens in this birth, I don't need anybody else, right? All I need is myself, my breath and this baby, like that, that uh, no one else has to be there. And if I'm completely on my own and, and that, and that's okay. Like that's like a powerful experience that I can have, like, I've got this, um, so I, I reckon that was like the last, like that was the last little bit that came through. <laughs> um, so yeah, when it came to the birth, um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Where do I, <laughs> where do I start? So, I uh, yeah, I remember, um, waking up and kind of feeling like this could be the day, you know, like that things really start happening. Um, so I even called my sister that morning cause she was at my first birth and, I um I wanted her to be at this birth as well. So I called her and I said, look, I don't know, but I have a feeling, you know. So she goes, a feeling's all I need to hear from you. I'm on my way. Um, so she got things organized for her kids and head off over here. And yeah, so we had a beautiful day. Like we went, you know, walking around the wetlands and, you know, spending lots of time in nature. And a really big thing that Nicola and I worked on was I had created this space, um, of like where I drop into of like my ideal birth space. And so I visualized like myself lying in this beautiful crystallized water pond, like with the reflection of the stars coming down and on the edge of the water where these giant 
trees that just were full of like ancient giant trees full of wisdom and so like a lot of ancestral energy was coming through a lot of water and a lot of like all of these different energies and that deep connection to earth and and the cosmos and all of that stuff and so the birthing space that I created was to reflect that so I had like all of the plants and the lighting and everything set up for this birth space that had made like supported me to bring that dream birth space to life um and also uh, I created a, a playlist with Nicola's help of like music that helped me really drop in so I had like a bump party playlist for mm-hmm. earlier in the in the night where it was like yeah move my body dance get into it a bit more and then later was like yeah, like surrendering, like I release control here and just I'm going with it. And so, yeah, that night, that evening, I've kind of just said to everyone, oh, I don't, maybe it's not happening tonight. So like everyone go to bed. Um, But I was like, I don't feel like going to bed yet. So I remember my husband, he like went and watched a movie or something and I was just, you know, just going through it, like doing my breath and listening to the music, have my own little dance party. Like I had a dance party with everyone earlier, but this one was like on my own. And then my hubby went to bed, but I was still staying up and I'm just like doing the breath and moving my body and listening to the music. And I was just like in my own zone. And yeah, I was just like really enjoying it. Like just mm. really enjoying connecting with my baby just feeling like a friggin' birthing goddess I think that was a line that you said before um my birth so I was like yeah I'm a birthing goddess I was just like talking to myself in such a magical way as well and just singing as well as singing a lot and using my voice and anyway yeah definitely was that night because things started to happen things started to really happen and so my sister's like down the other end of the house asleep and my husband's um, passed out in bed with our son. Um, so when my surges started to get more intense, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go move to the shower. So I was in the shower and like under the water and the warmth of the water and down my hands, the knees, every time I had a surge and it then, you know, it was getting more it like, you know, the waves were coming on stronger and I was just going with it. I just felt really good. And then, um, but I, I remember I started to, I, I wasn't really noticing that I had my knees and palms on the ground. Like I was in on all fours, like rolling my body and that on the, <laughs> on the shower floor. But hadn't put towels or anything under my knees. So like the few days later, I was like, oh my gosh, all my knees were bruised. <laughs> I was feeling that <laughs> But at the time, like I was just in my breath and nothing worried me. Um, but then I felt like, yeah, this is going to happen soon. So um I went in to to wake up my husband. He's like, yep, yep, I'll be there in a second. So then I went back to the shower for the next wave and I came back out and he'd be asleep again. So that like, (laughs) that happened a few times. Um, So I think the only time that I came out of my whole Zen pleasurable space was just to be like, race, wake up. (laughs) And then I like took a breath and then he was like, oh my gosh, is it happening? I'm like, it's happening. And like, you know, with a big smile on my face and he's like, right. Oh, he was like straight up at that point. Um, And so, yeah, majority of my labor, I was on a journey on my own. I was really visualizing being in that water pond and around those ancient trees and just feeling loved up. Like the earth was holding me 
the cosmos was shining down on me. I was just like really at home within myself and this this baby was just like feeling really safe and nurtured. And I'm like, whenever you're ready, like all on divine time and just trusting. And so, yeah, once my hubby got up, my sister got up. And to be honest, like when they were up at the last, like they were only with me for the last hour of the journey, really. Um, I didn't even know they were there, like other than that one second of saying, Reese, get up. And they started doing the hot towels on my back and all of that. I just went back off into my zone and they just left me doing that. And so I was actually talking to my sister and she was saying how at the first birth, like I was making quite a bit of noise and like, it was clear when the baby was coming. So this time, um, yeah, they just said I was just breathing and my sister described it like this. She was like, you were like, oh, hello, baby. (laughs) And then um, so she said that happened and like Reese and her looked at each other and Reese, uh, like I didn't even hear this conversation. This is after Reese said, oh, it's going to be hours. I remember her thinking the baby was going to come last time and it was hours later. And Jackie's like, okay. And she walked around. She goes, yeah, but there's the baby's head, Reese. Like, <laughs> it's already there. And um, <laughs> they were just like, oh, my gosh. So because they, you know, they had called the midwife, but she, uh, like, they'd only just called the midwife, but she lived an hour and a half away. And, like, you know, she still had to, to get some things organized and on her way. You know, it's like, four, you know, four o'clock in the morning or whatever it was. So, yeah, um, my sister ended up. Yeah, just breathed. I just breathed again and he came straight out and mm-hmm. my sister caught the baby and then handed me little uh, Phoenix. But at the time he had no name for two days. But, um, yeah, I was holding on to him and um, he was really quiet. And at that moment my husband went into fear, I think, thinking of the first birth. And he was like, Amanda, is he okay? Is he breathing? And I'm like, yeah, he's good he's just chilled right now. And like, (laughs) but my husband asked that a few times and I was like, no, he is, he's breathing. He's good. Like he was very quiet. Um, like he was pink, wasn't he? He was very pink. Yeah, he was. Mm. Yeah. I've got photos. He's just like, so yeah. And so the, the breath work had literally just like filled him full of oxygen that he didn't Mm. initially need to scream his lungs out when he came into the world. He was just like, oh yeah. Um, like he, yeah, just arrived so quietly and then held into my chest and he made his way over and latched on and started having a feed. And yeah, it was just, it was just magical. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It just, it brings tears to my eyes to just like that, that, how that birth was like, I didn't have to have anyone around me. I didn't need anyone around me. It was literally me and Barb going on this journey together mm. and to get to have that first experience and to that have that, it was it just blew my mind, really. Yeah. It just yeah. And I also wanted to say, like I said to Nicola, like leading up, yeah, and like at this time I know, like I've let my sister and Reese know if we need to call you, they can call you. But I said, honestly, I don't think I'm going to need you, Nicola. <laughs> like, I'm feeling really confident because we've connected every two weeks leading up to this that I just, I know I've got it. Like I've got this and the baby's got this. And yeah. I remember and- you text me when you were in that real goddess stage of of surges. And um, I remember yeah. just 
sitting with the phone right next to my head <laughs> waiting and then you rang me um just after you delivered your placenta and oh it was just magical magical to hear that birth it was yeah. so effortless really wasn't it like it was yeah. so ecstatic and and births can be so ecstatic can't they yeah I just couldn't believe how that breath can take you to a place that when you, because I remember at my first birth, when you were going on those surges, like feeling, riding that wave, mm-hmm. um, I remember getting a little bit nervous, like questioning myself, you know, like all those things coming up, a lot of these things coming up in my head that I was trying to make space for, but then push aside to just be really in it. But this time with that breath, it was just like, Nothing else was in my mind but being really dropped into that exact moment. And the more intense they they got and, and riding that surge, it was just like just real pleasurable. I mean, I didn't orgasm in the birth that I know that people can have that experience, but I can see how that could happen. It was just like, wow, this just feels so good. And like, you can bring a baby into the world feeling pleasurable about your surges. Like what is happening? Like, <laughs> so inspiring. It's yeah. so inspiring. And tell me about the placenta delivery. Cause I don't think we've ever really talked about it on this podcast. What was that like to deliver for you the second time round? Cause the first time was so fast and furious and yeah. Tell me about the second delivery of, of the placenta. Yeah, I I was still in the birth pool actually um, trying to transition me over onto the couch that we had set up, the day bed that we'd set up. And, um, yeah, so I ended up birthing it straight into the the birth pool, but it kind of just, like, dropped out (laughs) into the birth pool. But at that point, um, my son, um, and that's also why it took, um, sorry, off topic for a second, but that's also why it took two days to name Phoenix because my first son, Artie, is Artemis. So Artemis, by that point, he'd woken up just after I'd given birth and come to the birth pool. He was right on the side and he was there meeting his little brother. So we were just feeling really loved up at that moment. Like he was looking at his little brother with lots of love and, you know, all of that was happening. And um, Rachel from the Santa Midwifery, she'd given me these really great books to read Artie about, what a home birth looks like and about the placenta and about that there's going to be blood in the pool. And so Artie like looked in the pool and saw the blood and he's like, oh, yeah, that's like in the book, mom. And like then when the placenta came out, he knew what it was. So he was curious about, about it. He wasn't scared. Like he was mm-hmm. like, you know, excited and knew that that was part of his little brother coming into the world that he didn't know he was having a brother or sister. But, yeah, he was excited. And, um so the birth of the placenta was really special because, yeah, Artemis was in the room with with Phoenix and, and Reese was there and my sister was there and we're all around the pool and, um, yeah, I was still using the breath and, and um, I remember feeling quite tired by that point and just like looking forward to that experience happening so then I could just like really just drop in my little love bubble and um you know be cuddled up on the on the couch with my family and yeah so it was a totally different experience because the first time yeah I'm pretty sure they had to actually give me something to help the placenta come out so it was yeah yeah I don't really even remember the first time it was just it was so chaotic and I was just 
focused on Artie and like getting into the ambulance and all of that. So this time it was, yeah, just such a magical experience having that. But then also later um, when Rachel, she arrived at the house um, and she actually pulled out the placenta and sat down and like talked all about it and like showed us all these amazing things. And I've got all that on video. I was like, oh, that was really really cool um to have that too because I didn't even I mean I kept my placenta from the first birth and we like planted a tree and did all of that but I didn't really get to have a good look at it and see it Mm. like and honor it for the job that it had been doing and the the part it had in our journey as well so we got to do all that and we did a candle burning as well um to um cauterize um instead of like cutting the cord um which was a really beautiful thing as well. And um, my midwife, she hadn't had anyone do that before. So she was like saying that she was surprised how well it worked and it actually um, helped the healing of that happen really fast. So that was really beautiful as well. Like I had one of the candles as well and we did this whole little ceremony after and um, yeah, and it was beautiful as well because my favorite time of the day, anyone who knows me knows this about me, is sunrise. So both of my children came around sunrise. And so the sun was slowly trickling into the house as all of this stuff was unfolding. And it was just, yeah, it was just really beautiful. Yeah. Of course, he was always going to be a sunrise baby, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All my magical moments are at sunrise. You know, getting engaged, getting married, having babies has happened at sunrise. And yeah, still like to hold sunrise ceremonies. And yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing those magical moments. And I think for anyone that's even planning or thinking or even just a little niggle of, I'd like to have a home birth, let this be an inspiration to you. But I guess what I know for sure is that the midwife that you chose to bid birth phoenix was really she did a lot of work with you to build trust and yeah really was advocating for the wants and the needs of what you were looking for everything was was laid out in a whole different experience this time wasn't it wasn't it yeah yeah i remember the first meeting with her she kind of got drilled by reese and i like we were just like and, you know, blah, 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 you know, talking about all this stuff. And mm. she just really held space for us. And she, um, she was incredible. Um, and she was really open to like what we wanted. And she was just like, at the end of the day, like, I'm not here to coach. Cause that was a thing I said to her. I don't want any coaching. I don't want you, like, I just want to go on my own journey. I don't want anyone to be like, you need to do this now. Or you need to move into the birth pool. Like, the birth pool's there as an option, but if I don't use it, whatever, you know, like I just want to see where I feel called to go and what to do. And I mean, she didn't even get to be there for the birth at all. And um, I remember the day after or the second day after, I remember her sitting down with me and she's like, how do you feel about that? And I said, actually, I feel awesome about that. Like I, you know, because of Nicola and yourself giving me all that confidence in my body and being able to trust myself and just build this connection with this baby, I was completely okay that you weren't there. And also it had been a desire of mine to free birth and not have anyone really there, you know, to, you know, to do that, you know, all that stuff. So 
yeah, I was like, that kind of got to come true in that way. Um, so yeah, I was like, I was happy. I was happy with the whole journey that we'd had together. I'm like the fact that it got to that time and I didn't need yourself or Nicola to be in that room with me, I think speaks volumes of the confidence that you gave me in myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of women who get pregnant constantly, they're bombarded with fear throughout their whole pregnancy uh, and being told like they need someone else to tell them how things need to be or, you know, not to trust their intuition on stuff. So the more people that realize, you know, you there's everything you need is within you to bring mm. this baby earthside. And if you find a birthing team that supports you on that and can help you bring a vision and the energy into the room, like I think really tuning into not so much what does the space look like. I think mm. it's more about what does this, what do I want to feel? What do I want to feel in this in this journey with my baby? And I think if you tap into that feeling and then look at all of the things that you can bring in around that to help, to support you to drop into that more, great. But at the end of the day, if you don't have any of those things, if you can drop in to your breath and take yourself to that feeling, that's all you need. That's exactly right. Couldn't said it better myself. <laughs> it's that feeling, isn't it, of complete surrender when you allow your body to do its wisdom the job that it's here for and we're all built as females as women to birth our babies and you know sometimes you know like me my birth journey was polar opposite of everything i'd visualized but i surrendered in all of those moments and for anyone that's listening that home birth is not an option or isn't something that you want you can still take all the wisdom from what you've listened to today and drop that into your body knowing that you have this greater power more powerful than anyone else in that room to sit into the the birth of yourself and your baby and you know just listen to your body and that's really the lessons that i come from is our body's always showing us and telling us what it needs is whether we want to listen to it or not and we get so distracted by surroundings and people and if your delivery room is busy it's it's hard to drop into that space so you have to have people that are around you to advocate for you to say what what is right for you in that moment if you can't you know verbally say that yourself and you know i'm not here to bring any medical advice to any of the podcast or any in any way but mm. other than if you have fear and you've walked a big journey already in your life you know, the breathing does help to release so much fear and really drops you into the, I'm here. This is what I've been created to birth this baby. And I have every part of this wisdom inside of me if I allow it to shine through. Yeah. Mm. I also like would love to share that, you know, when you do like different courses, they teach you different breath techniques, obviously, out there but I didn't use any of the ones that I did in the courses that gave me all the information of how to advocate for myself in the hospital setting or any of that. But the breath that I did with you 
was completely different, I think, than the ones that I'd learned in those courses. And it felt more in alignment for me. So I just wanted to say to people, like, if you um, aren't enjoying those breaths and you do want to experience, you know, the breath that I was, that I was talking about and how you can like really drop into your body a, a different way as well. Like that's a powerful thing um, in working with someone like Nicola, because they well, well, Nicola helped me find the breaths that gave me those feelings that I wanted to feel in that space. Mm. Um, and I know even the bumblebee breath, it's just like, it's something I still do with little Phoenix now, like when he's a little bit upset or anything like that, I like drop into that breath and it's like, he remembers, <laughs> you know, he remembers yes. that with me. And, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, you you can learn the breath work, you know, in lots of different ways, but to actually develop that practice and to connect with the breath on such a deeper level where it's just like you don't even have to think about it. When it came to the birth, I didn't have to go, hmm, okay, which breath am I going to do now? Or hmm, like what options are there? It was just like my body just went into the breathing. It just like naturally it happened. Mm. Yeah. I love that. And I also love the fact that you went with the you know, the movement and the, you know, that part of you at the beginning when you were in those early stages of dilation that you were listening and moving and using your breath in different ways to to create that openness of your pelvis. And it was just divine. I remember you talking about that and then using that deep like wisdom breath, the breath of life just to really open up the the birthing space even more to allow the delivery of your baby and and well, he's here, Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. And you really have risen into your motherhood this time too because <laughs> of the healing journey that you've walked on. Yeah. Well, Reese was so like blown away mm-hmm. by the fact that I was just like, hello, baby. He like went around and told everyone the birth story. He's like, my wife, she did this. And, you know, so I was at his Christmas party at the end of the year and people were coming up to me and saying, is this true that you just were breathing and then just went, hello, baby? And then the baby's head was already out. And I was like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's just like so funny having these conversations. And like some of them were like these like older gentlemen that I didn't even think would want to discuss a birth. And they were just coming up to me like really curious about this birth that they'd heard about because of my husband. And I was just like. I think it shows you actually how people get really astounded by a birth that can be so ecstatic and so not driven with fear um, because again, as we sweep back to the beginning of our, our session today, we've said about how birth creates so much fear and the things that you watch and see, but be curious as a listener to what is it that you envisage for your own birth? What kind of vision do you have? And what if it could be pleasurable? What if it could be free of the fear in the moment so that you can really be present with that baby when it arrives into the world and remembering that your baby is the most conscious human when it arrives into our into our earth side into our lives and if we are very conscious and very present used have used our breath we can receive our baby with full openness and love and that starts a whole new ripple of love and consciousness in the world that we live in today and let's face it the world really needs this doesn't it (laughs) Oh, I am 
so grateful for just being able to know you and have supported you in this journey and so grateful that you're on this podcast today to share your wisdom yeah thank you so much the only the only con about the whole experience is that um Reese wants to have 10 kids so after seeing how <laughs> magical and easy that birth is he's like see we can just keep going it's good <laughs> yeah but I also I yeah I, you know there might be a third they may not I'll just see what unfolds but I always I know that like one of my first phone calls is to Nicola like being like yeah let's take this journey together again because oh my gosh yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you for today Thank you so much. Thank you. So much love for you. Thank you. (laughs) We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that it's helped you on your own journey. We would love it if you would subscribe and leave us a review. To learn more about our individual online or face-to-face courses or be mentored by us for your own birth, please see our show notes for the links to our programs.